What a Wednesday we have lined up as we're now one year away from the start of the 2024 Paris Olympics with the opening ceremony next summer. We're visiting with the executive director of the International Golf Federation to find out what global impact golf has had in the Olympics. The answer ahead. Speaking of France, the stars are out in full force today as we're getting ready for the Evian Championship. Will Rose Zhang have her major moment this week? A preview of the women's fourth major is coming up. He's won it combined 88 times in the DP World Tour and PGA Tour Champions. Those 46 for his second acting PGA Tour Champions record. We're asking Bernard Langer what's been the most dominant performance of his career as Golf Today starts now. Golf Today. And golf today officially begins right now. I'm George Savarica sitting alongside Whit Watson for the next two hours and with the rare week where we have a dual majors going on in the golf world. Senior major, women's major, and on the PGA Tour, just two events before the playoffs begin. So those FedEx Cup points matter quite a bit at the 3M this week. Yeah, it'll be a fun watch for golf fans when you wake up in the morning. You have the Evian Championship to kickstart your day, then the Senior Open. Usually we deal with the elements and the conditions over in Wales. And then we've been talking about the big names flirting with that top 70 bubble, and that's the big cutoff now to be able to advance to postseason play. Yeah, it's it's coming down to the wire. You've got these two events before those playoffs begin, and, and as you say, it's now 70 as opposed to 125. So the margins are a lot tighter right now on the PGA Tour. So 3M is a crucial stop for a lot of those guys who are on the bubble right now. All right. Well, let's uh, shift the focus, of course, to the ladies' fourth major of the year, Whit. And what you need to know. This week is the fourth major of the year on the LPGA Tour, the world's best. Heading to France for the Amundi Evian Championship. Live first-round coverage starting tomorrow, 5 a.m. Eastern time, right here on Golf Channel. Last year, it was Brooke Henderson rolling in a birdie on the final hole for an even par round of 71. And her second career major title, the win coming six years after her first major win at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Take a look at the strength of the field at the Amundi Evian Championship this week. 39 of the top 40 in the Rolex rankings, nine past champions. And all 15 winners on the LPGA Tour this season, all there at Evian, as we hear from some of the contenders. What kind of skills, what kind of weapon you need to, to have at your best to, to win this, this tournament? All of them. Um, I think this year the... The golf course isn't running out as much. I don't know if the, there has been more rain here than usual or if they're watering the golf course, um, but it's a little softer than last year, so it's not rolling out as much on the fairways. And I have a feeling the rough is a little thicker than years past. Um, so it's not the, it's pretty tight off the fairway, off the tee. Um, and I think it's going to be playing a little longer than maybe years past where it's been a little firmer, rolling out a little bit more. Um, but greens are still pretty quick and firm. Um, so I think just honestly, all parts of the game have to click when you're playing out here. I mean, you rarely ever get a lie where uh, the fairway's flat too. So it's either balls above your feet, balls below your feet. So you have to kind of be clicked on on this golf course at all times. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not my first year playing here, so I feel like I, I kind of uh, 
know that you, you're not gonna have, you know, even lies on this course. It's a lot of, um, yeah, it's a lot of slopes and that's what make, makes it more difficult. I feel like you have to control your ball flight quite a bit and, uh, you know, especially on the greens because the, um, they're so slopey as well. So you definitely have to be uh, very smart and uh, be able to adjust uh, with the slopes for sure. This golf course in particular, I know it's it's quirky, um, but what do you, I mean, what parts of it do you feel like you know really well and what advantages do you feel like you have considering your kind of game? Well, there's, there's a lot of different things that you have to do on this golf course. Um, not only do you have to be a great ball striker, but being on the greens, just converting putts and allowing yourself to have um, the feel for lag putting and um, being around the greens with thick, thick rough. Um, these are all things that Evian really uh, showcases and you have to be able to um, perform to your best ability to even score well around this golf course. Um, not only that, even if you hit great shots, um, there's some, some areas where you know, you won't be rewarded. And the course management aspect is one of the biggest key parts of Evian in general. Um, so there's not a single flat lie that you have on the fairways. Uh, once you're in the rough, you you have to really struggle to get it out. So um, a lot of things can add strokes, but I think my advantage is more so just trying to be as consistent as possible. Um, and yeah, if all goes well, I mean, I'm sure my game could, um, you know, I, I'll be able to perform well. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty, pretty just excited to start out. Just heard from Rose Zhang, among others, the notable tee times for the first round of the Evian Championship. Rose goes off at 2.27 Eastern time with Minji Lee and Nelly Korda. That'll be a bright and early start for those golf fans on the East Coast who are watching that. Uh, reigning U.S. Women's Open champ, Ellison Corpuz with Lilia Vu running in. You see the three major champs, all first-time winners, paired together at 7.15 a.m. Eastern time. Paige McKenzie joins us now. Paige, a lot of eyeballs, of course. They're going to be on Roseang this week as she's gotten off to that hot start as a professional. That was prior to the miscut at the Dana Open. How does her game suit the course this week at the Evian? Well, I think this is a, a golf course that certainly rewards players that know it and have played it before. Uh, and for a first-time rookie, that might be challenging. But Roseang actually has experience on this golf course, not only as an amateur in this event, but going back to one of the events that's part of the Evian ecosystem, part of the Evian Galaxy, as they refer to it. It's a U14 competition, the Evian Junior Cup. She played in it in 2017. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's also where Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas had that famous hamburger photo from back in the day. So they provided some young juniors an opportunity to, to have a chance to, to play in this great uh, ecosystem around the Evian Championship. So she's played in that, that, but then as an amateur, of course, we've seen her play in major championships before. Some of her best finishes include an 11th place at Chevron. She played twice, uh, making the cut in uh, the 2021 and 2022 Amundi Evian Championship. But those results as an amateur compare nothing to what she's done in her first month as a professional where she has two top 10 finishes. And I think when you talk about her success, it has to do with managing her game. She talks about not um, how strategy is getting important this week. I think that's true of how she's managed her game through the first couple of majors. And when I think about this golf course and how it may fit Rose Zhang. I think about some of the experience that she may have had 
at Augusta National. Uh, yes, she's had experience here, but Augusta National is the only other golf course I can think of with the same kind of undulations that players talk about. Uh, some side hill lies, uphill, downhill, ball above the feet, ball below the feet, playing away from pins, working the ball based on uh, the slopes on the greens. It's that kind of experience that helps players mature. And I think about Rose Zhang, I, I think she's got a golf IQ that is second to none even in the professional ranks, but I do think shot making is gonna be an important aspect this week. I think it's something that she has room to grow. Uh, and, and when I talk about this week, let's take a look at some of the shots that happened la just last year. This is a good look at how the players have to deal with that ball above the feet or ball below the feet. It's built on a side of a mountain. So almost every single hole runs parallel to the mountain. You don't have a ton of uphill, downhill, but you do have a lot of side hill lies. Just look at the slope of these fairways. I think Nellie Corda was mentioning that it was a little bit softer this year. That's actually to the player's advantage off of the tee because it can roll out so much through these fairways. So the, for, the, for the players this week and for Rosang in particular, I think that's going to be a key aspect to what is going to make a successful champion is how to navigate those side hill lies. Paige, the Evian Resort Golf Club has hosted this event every year, including all the years when it was not a major. You touched on this a little bit just now, but what else about the course stands out? For me, I'm going to keep an eye on the par threes. There's actually five on the golf course, but it's provided some interesting scoring opportunities and difficulties over the course of the previous years. So we'll take a look at a couple of these holes, three of the five, starting with the second hole, which provides a great opportunity for players. But look at this, 30-plus yards downhill from tee to green. It's only 165 yards on the card, and they can't even play it up a tee. So you're looking at a wedge or a nine iron at most into this green. And that back left corner of the green does slope away. So if there is a pin tucked back there, you can kind of use the slope a little bit towards that back left hole location. So good scoring opportunity at the second. A very different story as you move through the round. The fifth and the eighth are also par threes that are pretty long, but the 14th is the longest. 226 yards on the scorecard does play a touch downhill, 13 yards downhill. The front hole location, you can use some of that shaved bank and work it into the front portion of the screen, but you cannot do that if there is a back hole location. All of that rough comes into play and that does not that is not usable for the players to help shape off of. And that back right hole location, that is the most difficult that the players will see. Then you move to the 16th hole. This actually used to be a par four and during that course renovation moved it to a par three. Front right hole location is the easiest for the players, provides much more accessible shot. Back left is incredibly difficult. You can see it would bring into not only the water a little bit, but anything beyond or long left is serious trouble. Anything in that right bunker makes it very difficult bunker shot to that back hole location that can sometimes sit up on that elevated shelf. So looking back through the years at some of these pivotal holes and how they have played, when Angela Stanford won her major championship here in 2018, it started with a birdie here on the second. Little softer green, so didn't get the release on the approach shot. And again, think about wedge hanging in the air. It's coming directly down and getting a lot of hold, but a good birdie putt there for her. Again, good scoring opportunity on the second. Very different story on the 16th. And for Angela Stanford, she ran into trouble. Double bogey 
on this hole. Now again, this hole location there, when it sits up on that plateau, incredibly difficult to access that hole location. Most players playing to a putt up the ridge, but um, it is gonna be a challenge if they do put it in that back shelf. Minji Lee had a very different hole location. Uh, she didn't have to access the back shelf when she went on to win in her seven shot comeback in 2021. She was able to use this ridge. If the hole location's in the back left, but on the lower side of the tier, you can work the ball in. But the five holes, this collection of par threes, I think it's gonna be very important. It's a golf course that we see every single year. So fans can get used to different hole locations and what holes will be important. But coming down the stretch, you got 14 and 16 on the back side of that back nine, uh, certainly can provide some drama. All righty, thank you, Paige. Thanks, guys. And speaking of France, let the countdown begin. Today marks one year out to Paris Olympics next summer on NBC and Peacock. So we're going to flash back to the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, which actually took place summer of 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Women's golf competition featured Nelly Korda taking gold. Moni Inami of Japan won silver. Lydia Ko took home the bronze medal. On the men's side of the golf competition, remember it was Xander Shoffley took home the gold medal, while Rory Sabatini won silver. CT Penn won that massive playoff to take the bronze medal. Look at golf at the Olympics. The 2024 competition will be the fifth time golf is contested. Men's event, August 1st through 4th, 2024. Women's event the following week, August 7th through 10th. Le Golf National to host both the men's and women's competitions. If you remember back in Rio, the gold medalists were Justin Rose and MB Park. Golf part of the Olympic program in 2028 in LA and 2032 in Brisbane as well. So with that in mind, let's welcome in Anthony Scanlon, Executive Director for the International Golf Federation. Anthony, thanks for joining us. What will next year look like? What will the next year look like as part of the lead up to the men's and women's Olympic golf competitions? Yeah, th thanks so much and, and happy one year to go. It's 52 weeks ago. Why and next thing we're going to be here welcoming you know, 120 of the best golfers in the world. Um, we've, we're, right now, we're here at the National and it's um, we have a test event happening right now for scoring. So that's part of the, if you like, the downward slide uh, from now into the game. So we have a test event on scoring. We have the, um, and the athletes we're using for that is the, the French junior champion. So we've got the best players in France from the age of 12 up to the age of 18. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful example of what the French Golf Federation has done and the vision they've had. Because if we go back five years ago, we had, here at this course, the 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 um, the Ryder Cup, which was a fantastic event, um, the wrong wrong result for those in the US, but the right result for those in in Europe. And then since then, we had the World Amateur Teams Championship last year, and they're capping off this great vision of of this iconic venue by having the Olympics here next year. And and we're excited about being back here at, at the National. Anthony, is there any data available as to how golf in the Olympics? in 2016 and 2021 has helped global participation? Um, not, not anecdotally, but, but, but certainly what we've seen since we've been, become part of the Olympic program is a, is a massive increase in our membership of national federations. So back in, in 2009, when we came onto the program, 
we had 116 national federation members. Now we're at 152 and we have four other countries um, applying to be part of that membership. Um, on top of that, we've, we've seen uh, numbers in terms of participation directly increasing you know, by 30% in some markets due, due to COVID. And that number is holding in terms of memberships and participation around, around the world. Um, what, what was seen from the, 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 uh, the broadcasting of these events is that on the men's side, it's one of the largest watched events around the world. And for the women, it is undoubtedly one of the largest um, video, uh, watched events for them. And so we're reaching out to a new audience, if you like, a much younger audience. Um, and 60% of those, those people that are engaging and watching the Olympics don't normally watch golf. So it's giving us an opportunity to reach out to, to new fans and at the same time, our membership is capitalising on that opportunity during the Games to reach out to people to participate, to try the game. And, and we're hoping we get some stickiness in terms of uh, fan base and, and, um, and, and further viewers watching the game after being, being introduced to it at the Olympics. Any consideration in the future to potentially change the format or even add a team competition in future programs for golf? Always looking at it and, and certainly looking at um, a team competition for, for LA. Um, we're working with the LA Organising Committee and also with the ISC to, to look at that. Um, uh, but also the challenge is, you know, we've got great, great um, participation and, and um, commitment from the athletes now to the Olympic program and to the, the 72-hole individual stroke play. Um, it's become a, a must a must do in terms of the top players wanting to play play at the, this event. And if it's working, I don't particularly want to change that, but certainly looking at how we could incorporate both the 72-hole stroke play event and the team event within that. You talked about the viewership. Is it generally regarded that bringing golf back to the Olympics has been a success? Yeah, without doubt. And, and we're, we're seeing it certainly with the viewership, as I said, and we're also seeing it with the fans. And, and today I, I met with the chief executive of, of Paris 2024, who was proudly telling me that we've sold out here. So we've, we've, we've got a great demand here in Paris. And that's also, you know, also a great testament to the French Golf Federation and how they've been driving um, and publicising this sport in this country through these events. So um, we're very happy that we're part of the Olympic program and very proud to be a member of the Olympic family. And you're saying Paris is already sold out. So how do you anticipate the atmosphere being for the 2024 men's and women's Olympic golf competitions compared to obviously what was a very different environment in 2021 for the Tokyo yeah, Olympics? Well, yeah, it was unique, obviously, where we had 4,000 spectators, which were volunteers, um, but in, in Tokyo, but, I think with 30-odd thousand fans um, rooting for their country and, and um, the atmosphere here in, in, um, in Paris will be phenomenal, just as we saw during, during the, the um, Ryder Cup. Um, we'll have a few more countries participating and we'll have a few more nationalities supporting. But whoever comes to this event will, will witness a, a wonderful spectacle on an iconic course. Anthony Scanlon joining us on Golf Today. Best of luck and happy one year out. Thanks, mate. The countdown has begun. It is one year away. The Paris Olympics next summer. It's coming on NBC and Peacock.
On Sunday, Brian Harmon explained what motivated him into the winner's circle at the Open. When we come back, Dr. Morris Pickens will chat about the process elite athletes take on to sharpen their approach. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We welcome in Dr. Morris Pickens, sports psychologist specializing in competitive performance enhancement Talk about the mentality of players being in contention in the moment. Well, I think, um, you know, when they're in the moment like that, they're just um, focused, as Brian said in the interview, on his process, and it kind of snapped him back. And uh, it's little things like that that can help. But just he knows how to play golf. He knows how to play that golf course. He had played that golf course better than anybody the first two days. Um, And so I think for him, you know, maybe he had – Uh, gotten into kind of play in the open and maybe that helped him snap back into just playing that golf course. Cause you know, what I would be talking uh, with players about is contention doesn't really exist till the very end of the tournament. Um, Even though the media likes to talk about it as soon as, you know, Friday evening. But so I think that's um, probably what he and country were talking about. His caddy was just uh, focusing on, Hey, let's, let's play the third hole or the fifth hole or wherever they were. and, And, we're good enough to go play this golf course. We've proven that. Let's keep doing that. No, you and Brian have known each other a number of years, not not working together, but you're very familiar with one another. You've worked with a number of major champions, have quite the stable of players in that St. Simons Island, Sea Island area, as well as in other sports. When it comes to Brian's mindset, does he remind you of any other golfers or any other athletes? Uh he reminds me, um, I mean, I would say of the guys that I work with, he would remind me of Zach in the sense of just the gritty competitiveness, you know. Um, I mean, both of them uh, are not known for bombing the golf ball or, or that sort of thing, but they they're just know how to get the ball in the hole, and, and they love competing. And, you know, being around Brian and um, just seeing him here at Sea Island, you know, he's just a competitor. He likes to compete at anything. Um, and so, I mean, I would say of my guys and, and people that um, people would know in terms of majors, it would be Zach for sure, the Ryder Cup captain. And I think, you know, the one thing that um, reminds me of what, how the two of them went about it is they just put their head down and they go to work. And, um, you know, Brian was working really hard. You saw him out here all the time in the last month or so leading up to that. And um, so it wasn't surprising to me 
that he played well, just knowing how much work he had put in and um, if he got the chance or once he got the chance to, to be on that stage, he wasn't going to back down from it. We're going to play you some sound bites, some comments from Brian Harmon throughout the week and then get your reaction uh, on the back end. Okay. Yeah, just just not trying to get too caught up in it and just, you know, it's it's just golf. You know, I, I've, I probably, I, I think when I held the 54-hole lead at the U.S. Open, I probably yeah, I just probably thought about it too much. Just didn't focus on getting sleep and eating right. And um, so that'll be my focus this weekend. I have a very active mind. I, I, it's, it's hard for me. I, I've always struggled with trying to predict the future and trying to, trying to you know, forecast what's going to happen. And I've just tried to get really comfortable just not knowing. It would have been really easy to let the wheels start spinning and, and really kind of let it get out of control. But I just kind of doubled down on my routine and, and um Knew I was hitting it well, even though I hadn't hit any good shots yet. So uh, staying patient out there is paramount. Uh, sometimes it's a lot harder than others, but really proud of the way that I've hung in there. You'd be foolish not to envision, and I've thought about winning majors for my whole entire life. It's the reason why I work as hard as I do and why I practice as much as I do and why I sacrifice as much as I do. But tomorrow, if, if that's going to you know, come to fruition for me, it has to be all about the golf. It has to be execution um, and just staying in the moment. You know, I've always had uh, self-belief that, that I could do something like this. It was just, you know, when it takes so much time, you know, it's hard not to let your, you know, your mind falter. Like, you know, may maybe I'm not winning again. I'm 36 years old. Game's getting younger, all these young guys coming out, you know, hit it a mile, and they're all ready to win. Like, when is it going to be my turn again? And that last comment coming with the Claret Jug sitting on the table next to Brian Harmon. When you listen to that, what do you hear? What I hear is um, an experienced veteran who knows that he needs to focus on the controllable actions. Um, and it's easy to get caught up in what the media talks about, and it's easy to get caught up in kind of dreaming of uh, how this could play out. But, you know, when he talked about getting sleep and eating and he got away, he got away from that at the U.S. Open at, at um, a few years back. And then he talked about in doubling down on his routine. What I hear is a competitor who knows what they want to achieve, but knows they have to focus on the controllable actions um, in front of them. And the other thing that I heard in that uh, was basically a guy who said, hey, I know I'm good enough to do this, but I'm also going to enjoy it. I've worked my whole life, and it makes no sense to look forward to something and then not enjoy it um, once the moment arrives. So to me, I heard, hey, I'm going to go enjoy this. I think I'm good enough to do this. And, and if I can focus on the process that I'm doing, I'll take my chances coming down the stretch. I think he's certainly enjoying his time with the Claret Jug post-Sunday, uh, rightfully so. In your career, you've worked with athletes, like I said, in other sports as well as uh, in professional golf. When it comes to professional golfers and their mental approach and their preparation, are there commonalities with other sports or are golfers kind of on their own island with it being such an isolated, solitary pursuit? Um, I don't know if they're so much on an island with it being an, an isolated, solitary pursuit, but they are on an island, and there's so much downtime on the golf course. I mean, the vast majority of your time on the golf course is really in between shots, and so you have to learn how to get away from golf so that you actually have the energy and the mental fortitude that you want to have when you're around the golf ball. 
to kind of think through that math problem and to stay focused on what you want to focus on during the execution of the shot. So I think that's the the hardest thing in golf is really understanding how you're going to spend that time in between shots and learning to relax and, and not just think golf, 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 because then you'll burn yourself out. So that's probably the most unique thing to golf is learning how to relax on a consistent basis when you're under pressure, um, you know, over the course of four days. Dr. Morris Pickens joining us on Golf Today. Thanks a lot for the time. Absolutely. Y'all have a great day. Before we get to break, we will take a look at the Comcast Business Tour Top 10. And those standings shaken up a little bit after the Open Championship. Brian Harmon from 18th to 6th. Since 2009, every player who finished in the Comcast Business Tour Top 10 has made it all the way to the Tour Championship at Eastlake. Definitely a spot you want to be heading into the Wyndham. Still to come, PGA Tour University. The new rankings revealed for the first time. Who's in the top spot? We got one of the best players in the college game. Michael Thorbjornson of Stanford is going to join us to talk about what he's looking to accomplish heading into his senior season. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So let's welcome in Michael Thorbjornson to the show now. Michael, you're in that top spot in the rankings heading into your senior season at Stanford. How big a motivator is that direct pathway to the PGA Tour for you? Oh, it's a huge motivation. Um, the past few years, uh, it's been tough for players to get onto the PGA Tour, having to go through Q School and then find their way over to the Corn Ferry Tour, um, have to play well there again to earn your card. But, um, yeah, it, we're in an unbelievable position, um, us seniors, uh, to be able to compete for uh, that, one, that one spot and get that PGA Tour card. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a very exciting year and uh, really looking forward to that. Such an amazing legacy of men's and women's golf at Stanford. How has that experience been for you? It's been an unbelievable experience. Um, I'm surrounded by unbelievable people, uh, both uh, on and off the golf course. Um, and we're, we're all aware of Rose Zhang. Uh, she, she's a, incre an incredible golfer. She's been doing amazing things in the professional uh, world and obviously dominated college golf so it's really cool to be practicing beside with her and just see how much she's progressed and hopefully I can do the same thing. 
On the men's side, what's the competition been like internally with your team? And we saw Barkley Brown, who's top 20 in the PGA Tour U rankings. You guys have been making cuts in professional events, and then you square off head-to-head -head week in and week out before you're even facing other teams in competition in the collegiate ranks. Yeah, I think it's uh, a, a great environment. Um, you have Carl Phillips there, too, who, who's also a senior. I think the three of us, we've been together now for three years. This is going to be our fourth year. Um, we definitely push each other. We um, we always have little competitions when we're out at practice. We're always playing for something when we're out there on the course. Uh, I, I hope that, that they would say that I make them better because they definitely make me better. We Again, we push each other. We, we're best friends. We live together. Um, and then, yeah, this year we understand what's at stake. So I, I guess we're going to up up the stakes a little bit, too. What tour players, current or former, do you try to model yourself after? Who do you look at and think, that's the way I want to carry myself, that's the way I want to play? Um, I, I think the easy answer would be Tiger Woods. Uh, he, everything that he did was top tier. Um, but now if you look today, you, you can go through any of the top 20 players, top 10 players in the world, and each part of their game, you can always kind of pick and choose uh, who has the best um, like short game or best driving. Uh, I'd say right now, Scotty Scheffler, just everything that he's done, the way he thinks about life, the way he approaches golf, um, it, it, it's very insightful, I think. Uh, I mean, if you look what the past 10 months, I think the Open was his worst finish in 10 months. Uh, so his consistency is probably the one thing I'm striving towards. Um, yeah, and I, I, I hope to do that uh, uh, one day, yeah. Michael, we've gotten to know each other the past couple of years with the Western Am, an event that you've won before. Seeing the, the power that you have uh, up close and in person is impressive off the tee. Have you talked with anyone either in the professional ranks or sought counsel on how, from a technical standpoint, to make sure your body is ready for a long career once you're ready for that next step in the professional ranks? Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough. I mean, I've been playing golf for 15 years now. Uh, competitively and even though I'm young you, you start to see a couple tendencies in your bodies some some little ticks that um, start to come up a little bit but we've we've been on top of that this past year we've been working hard um, trying to focus on getting the proper treatment really making sure that my body's uh, performing at its absolute best so I'm seeking seeking help with the trainers at Stanford which has been amazing they've been a huge help um, so, yeah, I guess going back into this year, really going to make sure I make use of that and also think about what it's going to be like for the next 10, 20 years out there on tour because I'm only going to be getting older. The body's going to be um, hitting thousands and thousands of more balls. So that's one thing that I, I really need to focus on. Short term, take us through the remaining summer schedule you have before going back to Stanford for your senior season and then would love to hear your goals uh, heading into that as well. Yeah, um, so we have the Western Am coming up. I leave this upcoming Saturday, um, followed by the USAM afterwards. And I think beginning of September, we have the Walker Cup. And then I'll fly back to Stanford. I think we have one or two events before the season or before school actually starts. Um, and yeah, I guess the whole approach to the last few events over the summer uh, would to really be just figure out my game, uh, see what's working, what I need to improve on 
before I get back to school. Um, and then, yeah, while I'm at school, just keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, continue what I did last year. Uh, really focus more on, I guess, I guess everything that, that I was focusing on the year before, but just um, up up the stakes and just really just put the metal to the pedal there, you know. Well, we're excited to watch it, of course, starting next week with the Western Am and into your senior year at Stanford. Michael, thanks for the time. Good seeing you again. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Golf Today continues on a Wednesday, setting up for a senior major this week at the Senior Open in Wales. We'll talk to Bernhard Langer. He's already notched one major this year at the U.S. Senior Open. Is he ready for another? Stick around. Golf Today. Welcome. Happy Wednesday. Whit Watson alongside George Savarikas. A double major week with the Evian and the Senior Open, but you're going to have to get up early to watch because both are being played in Europe. Bright and early, yes. especially if you're on the East Coast, uh, 5 a.m. kickoff time for the Evian Championship. But it's going to be fun to see the, the contrast in the two venues that, mm. for the two different majors. The Evian Championship, like Paige McKenzie talked about in the first hour, you're on the side of a mountain, a lot of side hill lies, big elevation changes, Royal Porthcall in Wales. You're going to be exposed to the elements. It's going to be windblown, rain-soaked, more traditional Lynx golf. So two very different looks although there are two major championships being contested. Yeah, we're being told that in Wales it's already pouring. It's <laughs> raining already, and we're not even, uh, Shocker. not even there yet. Senior major winners this season. I mentioned that Bernhard Langer already captured the U.S. Senior Open. Of course, Steve Stricker has been utterly dominant on the PGA Tour champions, knocking off a couple of major titles as well. Three of them, as a matter of fact, and now the Senior Open, which begins tomorrow. The amount of wins that Strick has piled up has been unbelievable this year. The fifth and final major of the senior season, Royal Porth Call in Wales. This week, coverage at 7 a.m. tomorrow on Golf Channel. And this is the third time that Royal Porth Call is playing host to this event. Previously did so in 2014 and 17. Bernhard Langer won the Senior Open both of those years. Langer also won the title in 2010 and 2019. So we're showing you all four photos of Langer as the champion of the Senior Open. His record in this event, 14 starts, 14 made cuts, just 12 top 10s. Wonder what happened those other two years. Yeah, slacker. <laughs> Four wins and three runner-ups. So he's won or been runner-up seven out of the 14 times he's played the Senior Open. And we're joined now by Bernard Langer. Bernhard, as you're prepping for this week's Senior Open, what's it like returning to a venue that you've won at twice before? Well, it's always nice to come back to a place where you have good memories, you know, where, where you had success, and uh, this place is at the very top of it. We played here two Senior Opens. I won them both. Uh, so it's, it's very special. And the course is in magnificent shape. Everybody seems to like it. They made a couple of minor adjustments as well with a few more traps uh, moved a couple of the bunkers around a bit so it, they're really in play right now when you're prepping to play lynx golf do you practice differently are there certain shots you work on that maybe you wouldn't work on as much for a, a regular event probably some of the uh, punch shots and all that kind of stuff but uh, certainly 
I personally try and look around the greens a lot because when it's windy, you're going to miss some greens and you need to get it up and down as often as possible. Uh, so you, you look at all the areas left and right and short and long and uh, trying to figure out, you know, where you possibly can get up and down and where you definitely don't want to be and then make your plan accordingly. Bernard, the numbers you've put up in your career are staggering. The 42 wins in the DP World Tour, record-setting 46 wins on the PGA Tour champions. You look at what you did at the 2014 Senior Open, winning by 13 shots at Royal Porth Call. Is that the most dominant performance you've put together? Uh, certainly one of them. I won uh, a World Under 25 years uh, championship uh, in uh, – whatever it was. I won it by 17 strokes. So that was uh, probably in the Guinness Book of Records for a while. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard to do. You know, it's hard to do uh, any major, any big tournament where you have good players, very good players, and try to beat the field just by three or four is difficult. But if you go, you know, in into double figures, it's very difficult. When you're playing well, are you – conscious of playing well do you get in the zone uh, at this stage in your career yeah we we all get in the zone every once in a while not not often enough <laughs> that's what it that way but when it happens it's it's a lot of fun and uh i kind of was in the zone uh, a few weeks ago when i won the u.s senior open uh things where i was striking the ball well i was putting fairly well and just you know sort of in control of my whole game uh, till the very end when it when it didn't matter anymore and that's really I mean that, that's the best way to play golf for anybody um, and it's it's wonderful when you everything is kind of slowing down and you have a clear picture of what you want to do you can feel it you can sense it and your rhythm is good your focus is great and it just happens and you you know you go lower you don't even know how many under you are and that's the best part of it Bernard, last season we had a clear picture that you were at 44 trying to get to 45 and set the record. Now that you've passed it at 46, is 50 possible? Or what goals are you setting for yourself? Yeah, that's kind of my next goal, you know, to maybe get a few more. And and 50 would be uh, would be pretty awesome. But I, I am very much aware that uh, that's a difficult uh, proposition. Uh, because I'm getting older and these other guys are getting younger. So that's going to be very difficult to achieve it. But we all need challenges. we got to have goals. Bernard, I was looking. You turned pro all the way back in 1972. So it's been quite the journey th that you've been on. Do you remember the first big check that you cashed and what you bought with it? Well, the, it wasn't a big check, but <laughs> it was a check. Uh, I won a tournament for German pros only, and I was 16 years old. Uh, I was an assistant pro, and I won 500 Deutschmarks, which was about the equivalent of $250. Uh, but that was like an income of three months for me at the time, which was huge. And then the the next biggest one was like I was 17. I won the German National Close Championship, won 6,000 Deutschmarks, which enabled me to actually buy a car. Uh, when I turned 18, because you can't drive in Germany until you're 18. And that was huge. That was, that was very big. Uh, nothing bigger than when you're a teenager with a set of wheels. <laughs> Where's the car? Do you still have the car? 
no, no, <laughs> it's probably a piece of rust by now, but uh, it was a bright yellow Ford Escort. So <laughs> interesting. My, my wife had the same color as her first car, so that's pretty unique, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, Bernard, uh, best of luck this week. Always great catching up with you. Thank you both very much. Stay with us. Brian Harmon, not the only Georgia Bulldog to get the job done this weekend. Epson Tour star Jenny Bay is on a heater, wins in back-to-back -back weeks. We'll talk to her next. Jenny Bay joining us now. How much has your life changed in the last couple of weeks with back-to-back -back wins? Um, actually, it's changed a lot. Um, I honestly uh, played the first three Epson tours thinking, you know, I already missed half the season, and I'm just going to try my best to hopefully um, not play second stage and just kind of go up to where I left off to third stage. But um, after the back-to-back -back win, I think um, – I've definitely set my eyes on the top 10 money ranking list, and hopefully I can go straight to LPGA. Look, in your last six rounds, your scoring average is 68.66 on the Epson Tour. How have you gone on, on such a heater that extended not just for one event, but over back-to-back -back weeks? Um, I think especially the second tournament. Um, my first tournament in Connecticut definitely helped um, in terms of my progress of uh, my confidence going up. Um, I think in Connecticut, I just kind of set my eyes on, you know, hey, let's just make the cut. And um, once I make the cut, let's try to at least get a top 10. But um, I think after that rain delay and um, playing 27 holes in one day and I shot nine under, um, I think that definitely gave me um, a confidence boost. And it definitely carried over to the next. What drew you to the University of Georgia and how did the program help get you ready for the next stage of your career? Um, well, definitely living in Georgia, um, University of Georgia was my number one pick, and um, I actually committed pretty early um, compared to other players, and um, I don't think I really thought of any other school, um, even when I had the chance when I was still a commit, and I think throughout the four and a half years of me being there, um, it, it definitely helped. Um, I had some ups and downs, but um, I think Josh Brewer, the head coach, and um, Ember this year really, really helped me in my game and um, gave me the, the confidence that I needed heading into the next level. All right, Jenny, we got to ask, I mean, you're now getting acclimated to life on the road on the Epson Tour. You just had back-to-back -back wins. No, the next event is next month in French Lick. Uh, where are you at right now? We're hearing some music in the background. What, what are you doing on your week off? Um, I actually just played 18 holes in the morning, and um, I'm actually at a restaurant um, trying to pick up something quick to eat, and um, I have another tea time uh, in about a few hours to go play at a different golf course. Who were players that you tried to model yourself after as you were growing up in the game? Um, one is definitely Julie Inkster. Um I did watch her videos and her swings growing up, and... Um, I think being a, a Korean, I think I, I really watched um, Sari Park um, kind of win her U.S. Women's Open, and I just kind of uh, looked through all her videos and all that and definitely learned from it. So if I heard you correctly on your, your day off, you played 18 this morning, quick lunch, 18 in the afternoon. What do you enjoy most about the process now of being a professional golfer? I think... Um, 
picking, being able to pick my schedule and my practice time and just kind of being able to be more independent. Um, I think that's what I like the most about it. Um, in college, it definitely um, is a bit stressful when it comes to having to um, travel with other people and um, constantly going back to back on a tight schedule. But I think now that I can, I'm able to pick my tournaments and um, pick how many hours I can practice and what I can practice on is it's definitely helpful. Jenny, uh, two wins in a row. We'll love to see you make it three for three when you tee it up next on the Epson Tour. Thanks for the time. Thank you.